Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome in, everybody, to the Pro Football Show for this Wednesday, February 5th. Hey, get used to it. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday now on the uh, NFL Show, the Pro Football Show. We will get into some XFL stuff as I get to the film. We'll certainly talk about it from the standpoint of prospects and what's going on there. We're going to get to, got a couple questions here from Kevin, some good points and some things we want to follow up on. So this is, we're going to do that pretty early in the show. Want to remind you that what we do here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and look, this we made this move, felt like it was a need. I'm not so sure that at some point we won't add Tuesday and Thursdays as well. Um, we've got a college football show every day of the week. College football um, takes about, you know, it, it obviously encompasses a lot more teams. And we cover college football every day at the top uh, on a national level, the biggest news, notes, and analysis. Um, for example, today it just worked out. It was the Big Ten show, and the biggest news was Mark Dantonio stepping down on Tuesday. But that would have been the headline on the SEC day or the ACC day or the Pac-12 day, whatever the case Maybe um, with the NFL, there's just so much news in the off season. Want to make these podcasts a little quicker, a little sharper. Hit on the key things. Yes, what's going on? Lots of news, draft, free agency. Look, the Super Bowl's behind us, and we're off and ready towards preparing for next football season. And we're going to be here for you as well as at LandryFootball.com. And that requires basically information every day. It also is going to be a look at certain things uh, from an analytical standpoint with each of the teams, um, players and free agency, um, again, the draft. So it's it's a long process that really we could do every day, may consider that. We, we wanted to go and test it out, uh, the beta test, if you will, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we're happy to have you here, and we're so thankful to have – our great folks at 401k Generation join us, provide this podcast opportunity for us so that we can get it to you. And for that, we need you 
to make sure that you reach out and thank them for being part of our family. And it's very easy to do. You can call or text. You can send a text and just say, hey, heard about you on LandryFootball.com's podcast, part of the Landry Football's conference call, the NFL show, whatever. Tell them thank you, appreciate you, and uh, just send them a text uh, or call at 866-998-5879, 866 866- Nine nine eight five eight seven nine. They are the experts in financial services, money management, any investment inquiries. Uh, get your financial checkup today. You know, maybe you know it's an IRA, a four hundred one k situation. If you got somebody, get you a second opinion. If you don't have somebody, check these guys out. They can help you. Like you get your medical checkup every so often. Get a financial checkup. And the, or these are the best folks to reach out to. And the great part, they're licensed in all 50 states. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, in the continental United States, they can service you. Again, call or text at 1-866-998-5879. Also, the time to remind you that if you are trying to promote yourself, your business, we can do that for you here. We're, let me tell you, we're, our reach is not regional. It's national. It's international. Um, so it's a great opportunity to increase your brand right here. We're looking for the right fits, and we want you to be comfortable that it's the right fit. So reach out to us today. Go to LandryFootball.com. Hit contact Chris. TJ will get in touch with you and see if it's the right fit. So check us out today. Sign up for this podcast as well as our conference podcast every day, college podcast, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Sign up for Landry Football's conference call. That way it will go right to your phone. And check us out at LandryFootball.com where you can get all the latest information, all the film room breakdowns, all the news, notes, and analysis in our notebooks, all of everything from college recruiting to the draft, free agency, got the initial look at the top free agents, 100 or so guys out there I am working on. We're going to get signing day and recruiting and analyzing these recruiting classes the next couple of days. But we are working on, <clears throat> hopefully by the weekend, we've been working on bringing out by position the top free agents or the potential free agents, as you know, the free agents are not free agents until the league year starts. So we're heading into that. We're going to break down who potentially could be available, tell you a little bit about who likely will be available, even though they may not be under contract to this point. We're going to take you position by position. Then we're going to take every position and how players graded out in the league, regardless of whether they're free agents or not. So you can see how potential free agents line up. And then we're going to take the each team and how players grade it. So we're going to have the quintessential work that is done inside the pro personnel offices of every NFL team. We're going to have that for you. Going to have that breakdown. Every team, what are their needs? What's their focus point? How do the players grade potential targets? All of those things. Got it for you. We'll have it for you on LandryFootball.com. And then as we get that going, we're going to get into the stage right around combine time, get into 
our scouting reports on draft prospects, our draft boards. So it's full, one-stop shopping, full-service football over at LandryFootball.com. From recruiting to college football analysis to draft prospect analysis, NFL player team coaching analysis, free agent analysis, everything, news and notes, what's going on, coaching moves. We got it for you over at LandryFootball.com. Check out the top potential NFL free agent uh, currently unsigned post that we've got going up right now. So a couple of things that's interesting that's kind of newsy. Over this past week at the Super Bowl, Derrick Henry let it out that Zeke Elliott's six-year, $90 million contract is kind of the floor of what he's going to be seeking in his new year deal. New deal. Zeke steals about $50 million guaranteed, 28 of that guaranteed at the signing. Those are the type of numbers that he'd like to get. But we don't see many backs get that. Is he going to get that? It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, last year we know that LSU went into New Orleans and hired Joe Brady off the Saints staff. Well, right now, the LSU Tigers are <clears throat> Ed Orgeron. We're looking at some key guys in the Saints organization. Uh, I don't think Pete Carmichael is interested in making that move. Don't want to speak for him, but he's the offense coordinator. Obviously, Sean Payton calls the plays. Sean is... Um, Obviously outstanding, very innovative. Pete Carmichael coordinates the meetings. I think in order for Pete to even consider it, he would need probably the offensive coordinator title, that is, with complete control. Um, Steve Inzminger has that role. Does Steve want to completely move out of the offensive coordinator role? Is that what Ed Orgeron wants? Or, you know, again, pass game coordinator, Receiver coach is ideally would like they would like to plug in into Joe Brady's spot and keep it like it's been. <clears throat> With Steve Inzminger, the guy there, the hub, Pete Carmichael would probably want to be the hub if he came in. Likely the same thing for Joe Lombardi, the quarterback coach of the Saints. Uh, although he might be more amenable than Pete Carmichael in a passing game coordinator slash wide receiver coaching move. Or, you know, they do have Mickey Joseph coaching the receivers, but, you know, Joe would kind of play the role of the involvement that he had. And and Mickey's more of a recruiter, quite frankly, and he's good with the receivers. But the real brains behind the coaching of the receivers is Joe Brady. Joe Lombardi could play that role well and would be outstanding. I don't know that he's necessarily willing to make that move unless he has that offense coordinator title. I don't know that. I think, again, he's more amenable doing to doing it. I do think, and it's interesting, the guy that is probably the best fit to – jump into Joe Brady's role was the guy that worked closely with Joe Brady, and that's George Munez, who left to go to Baylor to be the receiver coach. And it made sense that he would go and get a position coaching job, coach the receivers. 
Um, <clears throat> I do think he would make a quick turnaround and come back to LSU if he got the passing game coordinator title. But I do think Ed's playing this right. And then I think he wants to see if he can put a different combination in there, maybe somebody with more experience, and put into that role. And didn't and shouldn't, nor would I think it would have been right for George to turn down a receiving coaching job at Baylor with the hope that maybe things might work out. But it might. You might see that possibility of him coming back. Now, Ed did meet with Shane Waldron, the past game coordinator and quarterback coach of the Los Angeles Rams for Sean McVay. But, you know, he, as I've been stating, wanted full control of this offense. Um, He has some college football experience, worked with Belichick. That didn't go all as well. I don't think that's going to work out. So that moves on. But there is some NFL ties to where Ed Orgeron is looking. So we'll keep you up to date on that over at LandryFootball.com. With regard to free agents, and I've talked about it, most of the top free agents that, quote-unquote, that if they were truly hit the market, Drew Brees and Tom Brady, Dak Prescott would certainly get a lot of play. Don't expect any of those guys. Drew will re-sign with the Saints unless he decides to retire. Tom Brady, I do suspect, is going to play, not retire. And I do think he's going to end up with the Patriots. Uh, I guess there's a possibility it could end up elsewhere. It's always the case. But the key guy, you know, Chris Jones of the Chiefs, aside from Aaron Donald, he's the best defensive tackle in the NFL. He single-handedly dominates the trenches, stuffs the run, pushes the pocket. He's 26 years old. He's going to be in Kansas City. I think in terms of a true free agent that is likely to be had, I think you start with Jadavian Clowney, 27, great first season in Seattle. Um, you know, don't look at sacks, look at pressures. He's been outstanding. They have the money. Are they going to want to sign him? Is somebody going to blow him out the pocket? Don't know. I think one of the better safeties in the NFL is 29-year-old Anthony Harris of the Vikings. We'll see if the Vikings will pony up. He's someone that people are going to make a play for him. Uh, I do think Shaq Barrett of the Bucks is outstanding. I do think they're going to keep him, but they're going to be people that are going to make a play for him. So the Bucks better be ready to to match or lose. Justin Simmons, same thing. It's safety for the Broncos. Blossomed into one of the better safeties in the league, stellar this past year. It's not going to even be 27 into November. So um, his best football is ahead of him. Byron Jones of the Cowboys is one of the better corners in the league. They've got some tough decisions. Probably going to have to franchise Dak because they have not made progress with him. Um, <clears throat> they've got some work to do. Amari Cooper, they've got to get done. Uh, they, they've got some work to do in Dallas. So are they going to be able to get them all done? Somebody's going to come after Byron Jones. Jimmy Ward of the Niners, great year, very underrated, outstanding player. Missed the first few weeks of the season with a hand injury. Devin McCourty of the Patriots, he's going to be back. He's 33. Buyer beware there. D.J. Reader of the Texans, one of the top nose tackles, underrated players, great run stuffer. 
but he can push the pocket. He's somebody that has great value. Derrick Henry, as I mentioned, probably going to end up being with the Titans, pay a lot of money. I expect um, Amari Cooper to be back with the Cowboys. Joe Thune, the guard for the Patriots, 27. He's really good. He's become an elite pass protector. But are they going to pay the type of money, what they're going to do? Look, because they haven't wrapped him up, the guy that may get as much money as anybody, Shanik Ndakwe, I think is best fit in a 3-4 scheme. But 25-year-old, devastating pass rusher, not going to even be 25 until March. This guy's going to be a rich guy. Corey Littleton's going to get some play, linebacker for the Rams. James Bradbury of the Panthers. Ha-ha Clinton Dix of the Bears. Um, <clears throat> signed a one-year deal. Performed very well. Is going to get a big deal. Um, got some other guys that really are interesting. Check out the list uh, over at LandryFootball.com, and we'll be breaking them down in more detail uh, position by position. Um Kevin asked a couple of good questions. Um, he's talking about this year's Super Bowl reminded him a lot of the 1992 NFC title game between the Cowboys and the Niners. If you remember that, that was a – got there a year early from a Cowboys perspective. That game, the Cowboys controlled the line of scrimmage, built a nice lead, but the 49ers had a dynamic and explosive offense that kept them in the game. The 49ers pulled it to within 24-20 in late in the fourth quarter. The Cowboys in the next possession was able to hit Alvin Harper for that big, huge first down, 70-yard catch run that led to the decisive touchdown. And um, remember that game clearly. And it's a good point. I think there's a little bit different. The Certainly the, the, um, the, the Niners' offense was different. Then the Chiefs, not as explosive, but good offense, no doubt. And I do think that the Cowboys were better than this Niner team right now because their defense was really good and their offense with Aikman really had a pass game element that could beat you. But some really good points that you make. The question... Kevin asks is if you're an offensive coordinator and the opposing defense has started to employ or you anticipate from a game flow a hyper-aggressive attack of run blitz, how important is it on first down to be prepared to throw downfield other than the number one receiver? Well, the answer to that question, I'm going to break it down, is very important. You have to do the first thing you have to have a protection scheme that can hold up. That's flaw number one for the Niners in the Super Bowl this couple of days ago. You've got to be able to get the ball out quickly. You've got to get it to the hot receiver. Now, under blitz pressure, you're going to have a hard time getting it to your second option. The biggest thing is to be able to have the patience to be able to see it. Also, have well-rehearsed pass plays where the quarterback knows he'll probably need to go to number two, number three receiver since the defense is probably going to be overplaying the one receiver. Well, that's in a dropback setting. In a blitz setting, you're not going to have time to go to the second, third read. But you're going to have to get the ball on the hot read, and you got to know where 
that is. You've got to recognize it. For example, in this Super Bowl, Garoppolo missed George Kittle twice on a pivotal, same pivotal drive down the end on the hot rate. He missed them both. He just missed it because he had pressure in his face. He didn't react to it well. Now, there was another time in a dropback setting where he didn't, he didn't do a very good job, hasn't done a very good job going to his second and tertiary option. So to answer your question, it's pivotal in a dropback situation to, to be able to recognize the second, third options quickly. And in blitz pressure, you've got to be able to read pressure and read the hot quick, and you've got to be able to get it out quick, and you've got to do the best job protection standpoint to block inside out. You can't allow A-gap pressure come in the face because on the knockdown by Jones, that's a first down and maybe a big play, maybe a touchdown by George Kittle run. The film shows that clearly. That is a play for the ages, and we're replaying the big run that Kittle had against the Saints and comparing it against this perhaps touchdown run or touchdown setting up catch and run by Kittle. That's how close that was to happening. But the ball got batted down. So your question is, perhaps my point is moot, and Aikman did a better job of executing the Garoppolo bingo. But maybe the 400-ers didn't prepare enough for this specific situation. Not lack of preparation. Now, is it fair to question why is Garoppolo maybe struggling uh, as much? Why wasn't he able to handle it? He did a good job in two minutes against the Saints. He didn't do a good job in this game. They didn't protect very well. Give a lot of credit to Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs' pressure. But they didn't block it well up front in those situations late. And Garoppolo missed. There were all the question about bad play calls. There were some big-time play calls designed very well. They missed them. Now, is it on the head? Listen, I'm not going to – as coaches, we make a lot of money and – you know, uh, I, I didn't, but but they do. Um, the criticism comes with the territory. We understand that. We deal with that. You can, it's fair to criticize why didn't they get it done. It all falls under the head coach, and in this case, the head coach offensive coordinator who's calling the plays. It's fair to say why couldn't they get it done? Why couldn't they – you call it rehearse – why didn't they execute it better? Why didn't they see it quicker? Why didn't they block it better? Why did he have as much trouble? Look, that's fair to question. You got to get it done. They didn't get it done. But it you're hitting on something that's pivotal and very observant on your point, Kevin, because it's not as much play call as it was play execution in that moment. And I think that is the thing that is – so misunderstood that it is okay to blame the coach, but you're blaming him for the wrong thing. You're blaming him for a play call when it's more about 
Sometimes it's play design. Sometimes it's play execution. You've got to execute that well. You've got to execute that better. Because there are some instances where it's going to be so hyper-aggressive from the other side of the line of scrimmage that if you don't make that adjustment to be able to attack what they're giving you, you're dead in the water. So, yeah, you hear all the talking heads say, should have run it, should have run it. I, I don't need two handoffs there to tell me that they shouldn't have run it, to know that that would have been a two losses behind the line of scrimmage. The film shows me that. Okay, but you got to be able to execute. you got to be able to pick up the inside pressure, and then the quarterback has to step up and get the ball out quickly enough. They had Kittle open twice for big plays that would have put the game away or, in one case, obviously allowed them to come from behind and win it. So there's more to it than what people will say. you got to get into the film. you got to understand play calling is not done in a bubble. It's not done in a vacuum. You don't say, well, I don't – Play, bad play calls, or if it didn't work, you should have done something else. That's what most fans come up with. What it really is is you make a play call, not just based upon down and distance, time in the game, field position, but what's the more importantly, the most thing is what's the defense doing? What are they giving up? If they're playing you basic, then you've got some options. If they're going to bring their linebackers up and take away the run, they're giving you the pass. You have to win. You have to execute that. It's simple, fundamental football. You don't just throw out, well, they ran all the time. No, they ran all the time because they create a defensive balance on the other side by play action. They'll throw it off the play action. In this case... Kansas City said, be damned. We're coming after you. And in most of the game, they took away the first read, and Garoppolo struggled. At the end of the game, they couldn't even take away the first read. They just threw uh, a fire drill type blitz where they attacked and just forced the ball out so quickly to where Garoppolo didn't see, or in one case I think he saw and couldn't get the ball out to Kittle. If he gets it to Kittle, I'm telling you, the film shows he probably scores a touchdown. He definitely gets a big yard. I mean, it's definitely first down. So, look, it's fine, but there's more to just criticizing the coach than the play call bad. Be a little smarter than that. Kevin is. Good, good point. So, you got it. Garoppolo didn't make plays. The 49ers have to figure out how to make plays in those situations. Now, it's not now the over at, well, Garoppolo will never get there. Will he? I don't know. I'm not coaching him every day. I mean, do do you think that he can get better? I mean, I I would think so. I would think he'll prove that. Maybe he won't. Time will tell on that. But let's not make that definitive decision now. I know Kevin's not mentioning that, but the bottom line is Garoppolo didn't execute, and they didn't do a good job with their protection scheme in that moment. 
That deserves criticism. think the play calling was a lot better than people know. But you're not going to hear that on the Talking Head show. So good, good questions there by Kevin. Some other news around the league, and remind you that cover all the details in our notebooks every day. So check that out. We update it as the day goes along, as it comes out. Um, Panthers defensive end Wes Horton has announced his retirement. After seven seasons, he turns 30. He was headed to free agency, had the little injuries that have taken control of his body. He's gone. Uh, they have, they meaning the Panthers, have re-signed Reggie Bonifon to a one-year contract, 585000 This is where you sign your exclusive rights free agents, which Bonifon is, meaning um, he, he could either re-sign with the Panthers or take the ball and go home. He was the number two running back. Um, so he didn't get a lot of play, but he's somebody that uh, I think was a good re-sign for them. Uh, Greg Olson has visited with the Bills and the Redskins and the Seahawks. He made it clear he wants to continue to play. He made some comment today that, yeah, it wasn't a mutual parting from the Panthers. He was open to coming back. I think it's a youth movement. I do think Greg Olson made some comments (laughs) towards the end of the year, frustrated comments about, the organization is top to bottom, not committed, this, that, the other. Um, I don't think ownership liked it. And I think that um, they decided, you know what, it's an older guy, let's move on. It's a complete rebuild. Um, I think Greg would have done positive things in the locker room. They're moving on as is Greg. We're going to see where he goes. Seattle might be a fit for him. Ravens cornerback Brandon Carr is a name to watch when we're looking at cap casualties. 33 years old, do a $7 million team option for 2020. It frees up $6 million of cap space if they move on with him. Teammates Tony Jefferson, um, $7 million in cap savings, and offensive tackle James Hurst, uh, $2.75 million are also possibility of cap-saving measures. And, again, you don't make these moves to save cap room. You make it because relative to what their productivity is, you could use the money elsewhere. And so it's not just, well, we need cap room. Some cases it is. But in some cases it's more about we need to get more bang for our buck. Um, Andrew Whitworth. I think he's going to return in 2020. He recently underwent ankle surgery. He's feeling great. Um, despite being a free agent, there's there's the Rams will likely bring him back. Uh, it was the workiest position for them last year. 38 years old. think he's probably going to stay. If he doesn't want to, I think he could be a plug-and-play guy, obviously, for a year or so. Um, I did mention, um, worth mentioning again, Expect Jamal Adams to sign an extension with the Jets this offseason. He's under contract through 2021. But there was talk about trade block. Remember, Cowboys, this, that, and the other. Look for him to extend a deal with the Jets. The Lions continue to discuss uh, an extension with Darius Slay. But if they don't, still could be uh, 
trade in play here. The Colts are working on extension for running back Marlon Mack. We've discussed that. Rashad Jones is another cap possibility from uh, the um, the Dolphins standpoint. Um, look, they've kind of cleared up room. It would create $7.5 million, um, but leave some dead cap money of $8 million. He thir- turns 32, and they're going younger. Keep an eye out on that. The Jags have hired Trent Baalke as director of player personnel. If you remember, Trent did a good job and started this building of this Niner team that went to the Super Bowl. And a lot of those guys, defensive linemen, not Bosa, but the Armstead and Buckner guys, that was him. Um, He spent some time working for the league, and he's doing some consulting stuff as I'm doing it. Um, He is an experienced guy, somebody that uh, Dave Caldwell can lean on. Uh, Obviously, they've let Tom Coughlin go, so it makes some sense. Um, Brown's wide receiver coach, Chad O'Shea, new wide receiver coach, is also going to have passing game coordinator duties. Um, He's spent a year calling it, so he understands a lot of things that go along with play calling. So uh, they worked, uh, he and Kevin Stefanski, new head coach of the Browns, worked together alongside one another in Minnesota from 06 to 08. Uh, So um, Stefanski, of course, oversaw the run-oriented offense, so it gives them some help in the passing game. The Colts have announced that Mike Groh is their new receiver coach. Kevin Petullo, the team's previous receiver coach, is going to stay on in a new title. Wright, uh, first, uh, uh, Frank Wright will first work with uh, with Mike Groh as Philadelphia's receiver coach in 16 and then um, had a run in the championship run the following year. Promoted to OC once, Wright left to take over uh, the Colts' head coaching job. So um, he's going to work closely with Frank on play calling duties, and um, but obviously really be involved in the passing game. And the Jags have decided they're going to play two home games at Wembley Stadium back-to-back. First franchise to play two games outside the United States in the same regular season. Their opponents haven't been determined, but the league confirmed that the Bears and the Steelers would rem- remain two of six home opponents in Florida. The new CBA on the horizon is clearly part of the team's ambition and big-picture plan uh, to have a full slate of games and perhaps ownership of Wembley Stadium in London. So let's keep an eye out on that um, as well. That's uh, the news of the day. Remind you again, uh, we keep you up to date daily on our in our NFL notebook. We're going to be back on Friday to give you an update on the latest. And obviously, as we go forward, give you a little bit more information on free agency, the draft, as we get closer and closer to it. But get into kind of breakdowns. We kind of haven't put out all my ideas together yet, but we may get to the point, depending upon the amount of news and how much time we have, we can get to the latest things that are going on um, behind the scenes in the NFL. We'll get to some analysis 
with division by division, team by team, kind of breakdowns of needs and whatnot and kind of directions they may be going in this offseason. So we'll keep you up to date on all of that. Appreciate your question. Appreciate Kevin's question. And appreciate any questions that you might have. Bring them along to me. Go to LandryFootball.com. Hit contact Chris. Send it to me, and we will address it right here on this podcast. Remember, join us now every Monday, Wednesday, on Friday for our pro football show. And we appreciate you joining us. Spread the word about LandryFootball.com. Give the folks at 401k Generation a call, a text, a thank you text, if you will, for sponsoring this podcast. And they can help you with all your financial service goals and ideas, answer your questions. Call or text at 1-866-998-5879. Licensed in all 50 states. Sign up for this podcast at Landry Football's conference call, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, go there. And go to LandryFootball.com, will you? Become part of the LandryFootball.com family. Get inside information on all levels of football. You're going to be thrilled with what you're going to get with free agent analysis, draft analysis that's different than anywhere. From inside the film room, from the perspective of somebody that has run free agency, run the draft, for years and years in the NFL, still doing consulting work. So we feel could provide for you things that others cannot, that um, going to make your enjoyment of this time of year. You're going to really become a good fan. And whether you just want to be a fan, you want to be better fantasy fan, or whatever the case may be, you're going to get a better feel for this uh, if uh, if you follow us and join us. And 50% discount, our scouting season offer, is the best one we offer for you. And it can take you all the way through the offseason, all the way through next football season. So no better time to get involved than right now. Appreciate you joining us. Join us again Friday on another edition of Pro Football, of Pro football Show. I am Chris Lane. <laughs>